0: Listening to My Holistic Life, the Happiness Over Everything podcast, with your hosts, Den Shea Lee and Natasha McCray. Join the Holistic Nation and learn the secrets that will take you from fear of judgment and living down to other people's expectations to being free to live life on your own damn terms. By listening to this podcast, you can expect to experience radical self love orgasms for lunch spontaneous trips and vacay first class everything and upgrade your career friends and love increased self-confidence elevated mood and overflowing opportunities your friends will praise you you will be blessed and your hosts natasha mccray is a life coach and filmmaker pleasure is her mission she believes every food experience should be a party in your mouth and that life should feel good. Natasha loves Korean dramas and kayaking. Denshe Lee is a product development guru and self-care advocate. She loves to travel internationally and never turns down an invitation to enjoy nature. Denshae believes life should be full of fun and orgasms. My Holistic Life can be found on Apple, Spotify, other platforms where quality podcasts are found now get ready it's time to put happiness over everything
1: so i opened up it says 42 orgasm statistics and as i first read it i was like 42 orgasms <laughs> wait For-
2: <laughs> the yeah, name yeah, yeah the i'm list. just saying some a fun
1: it's the title, the subject title is 42 <laughs> orgasm statistics and I'm reading it as 42 orgasms. Right. <laughs> is
2: it is it lunchtime already? Shoot.
1: <laughs> I think talking about it about lunchtime is really just shifting the mindset of it being, yeah. you know, it's like it doesn't have to be at night with the lights off and after you've taken your shower. I mean, let's just, you know, everybody I mean, for has me, that thing. It's usually in the morning. But, oh, I like that. Yeah, for me it's usually in the morning. This stat says 49% of women have faked orgasms.
2: Oh Lord. That's sad. I have
1: I have faked before. What? Because yes, I <laughs> I have maybe we should just get into the show. I mean, you why did you fake? Let's, get in, let's get into the <laughs> let's just get into the show and then because this is just gonna be one of them shows where we just talk about it, I think. Yeah, I, we, I think that's we what we into it. Okay, we so into we're it. into it. So I faked it because I think I wasn't really enjoying it. And they were the type of person who was like, I need to put it on you. You know, they wanted you to be. I don't know why I'm moving like that for those who (laughs) watch this video. (laughs) I need to put it on you. They were the person who was like, I want you to get yours, you know. But they weren't wanting me to get mine to get mine. I think they were wanting me to get mine to say they had me get mine. There's a difference. They could just get theirs. So then they would get theirs. But there's two different kind of guys here. Sorry, fellas. And there might be more than two, obviously. But there's the guy who wants you to get yours. Like he's taking pride in being a master of this. And then there's a guy who wants you to get yours so that he can boost his ego to say that you got yours with him. That was one of the people that I was faking it with, was someone who was just mm-hmm. like needed their ego to be stroked. You was trying I to stroke wasn't, his ego. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't just stroking me. He was stroking his ego. Sorry, y'all. This is going to be X-rated. Mm. He was just stroking his ego. So I, you know, I faked hide it. Your wife, hide, your <laughs> hide your wife, hide your kids. Hide your wife, hide your kids. Hide them all. Yeah, so I, I literally faked it. And I will never do that again because I had a coach once. And it wasn't even a coach. It was a voice teacher. I, I call everybody my coach now because they <laughs> coached me through life. But I had a voice teacher once and we were I don't know what we were talking about, but he was just saying that there was magic in I don't know. And the explanation he gave of the magic was that when you fake it and act like, you know, you never grow or get satisfaction because no one is going to speak into you to either enlighten you from the I don't know state. So you're still always going to be an I don't know if you're faking it. But if you admit right. To the I don't know, Mm -hmm. there's magic in that because you leave a room, you leave a conversation, you leave an experience knowing more and being enlightened. So taking that and turning it on its head for these orgasms is I'm not going to fake it because Mm -mm. then I'm not going to receive pleasure because this person isn't. And I'm not even giving that person an opportunity to get to know me to be like, oh, that's not working. We don't open the dialogue to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, what the conversation is. So, so I don't fake it anymore. That was before, mm-hmm. was that before counseling? Yeah, I think that that was <laughs> actually before counseling, before therapy.
2: Okay. <laughs> I actually never, I never faked it. I've been in some uncomfortable situations where it wasn't happening, but I was trying to guide or I was mm-hmm. trying to be the one that was more in control. But I guess- More like, more- like touch that, do this, don't do that. No, more like lay down. I got this. Oh, oh, like <laughs> no, right there. So it wasn't um, instruction; it was taking over. <laughs> in, in in my cases, yeah, just take it over and make sure I mm-hmm. I get this in there. But for me, I think I had the opposite experience. Maybe because I was more about like, well, you got all this going on. What you gonna show me? Oh, like, what you gonna do? Let let's see what. What my body can do then? Let's see.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I guess I have had times where it just didn't happen at all. And I was like, mm, that wasn't great, but oh, have you, you know, so have you had, and- <laughs> what I want to know is, have you had
1: amazing sexual experiences where you didn't orgasm?
2: Yes, though, I have. I have what, had some that were really amazing <laughs> with one particular partner. Oh, this might be too much, but whatever I guess we going in there we diving in we we diving in y'all come to come on the road with us we ain't gonna to say no Lord. names and we're gonna leave the past in the past but I did have one particular partner that it was actually really draining when I did it was amazing but it was draining when I climaxed oh really so we would do what we need to do to get me as close as we could to right mm-hmm. before our climax and it was just like oh it was like I was glowing yeah. More about my life just shining. It was an amazing that. energy to have, even though I didn't fully get to this point that I climaxed to the point of exhaustion, just like, oh my God, I'm done.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I love that. And there's something about that. So, how did you feel being in that relationship where you
2: are not even in the relationship? How did you feel afterwards, not climaxing? Okay. So, yeah. We're just going to call this person a, a partner. I was not in a committed relationship. Understood. Understood. That's a whole without another going into details, without incriminating yourself in That's this a moment. That's whole episode. <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to pull up that episode. It was a conversation. The conversation was about when I climax like that. Like, we both enjoyed that. That was amazing. I, whoa, what is this? Let's try that again. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can do it again. Wow. But then it was a conversation about how draining it was. And we both agreed to have like safe words. So I kind of knew what it felt like to get to that peak, then be able to say my safe word for that person to pull back. So we don't get to that point. So I'm not exhausted, but I had so much energy. That's the time that I was like going to the gym, 5.30 in the morning, six o'clock at night. You want to go hiking? Yep. Let me go to the gym and then I'll be right there. It was just. It was amazing. It was just like, felt like I was like the energizer bunny. You know, they um, call that extended orgasm. Mm,
1: well, what it is, is that you took like the energy. Did, long. Imagine. Yes, exactly. Imagine the energy that you have in climax being turned around and infused mm. back into your body. Okay. Because the energy has to go somewhere. It's either going right. out in climax or it's going back internally. Right. So that's what that was. And the reason why I know this (laughs) is because I you and I have discussed this where I I took the orgasmic manifestation course. Yeah. I need
2: to get signed up for this course. We need more details on this course.
1: Yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) And the crazy thing about it though is I never even heard of orgasmic, I mean extended orgasm. Now I have heard back in the day, I found a Kama Sutra book and I was reading it and I've heard about it for guys where yeah if you, if you push the spot between their this is x-rated I mean, I mean you know I'm sorry we, this is just not PG-13 where you push the turn, the it, spot up. Between, turn it up, y'all. Turn yeah, it up. Put, let's just know you put it in your ear pod don't have it on speaker with your child so you would push the spot between their testicles and their anus when they would orgasm and so instead of them ejaculating, it would go back inside their body and it would give them a jolt of energy. Uh, so I read okay. that.
2: What page in a book is this?
1: Oh my gosh, it was some form of Kama Sutra. I don't know <laughs> where I found the book, but I was reading it. And so I was reading it. Yeah, I was reading it. So I had never heard of or, like extended orgasm, but that's what I immediately went to in my head mm-hmm. when I started being taught this practice. And it does give you so much energy. So let's go back mm-hmm. to the statistics page. Now you've heard some statistics. What were the statistics that you heard?
2: I mean, for me, it's not necessarily statistics. It's just like the benefits of orgasms that you hear. Like, of course, yes. people are like, "Oh, it releases endorphins. You're happy. You're glowing." People give you those yes. kinds. Oh, like you know when it's been a drought, and then mm-hmm. your friends see you, or your coworkers see you, and they be like, "Hmm, she's smiling. She happy. She must say. Uh, Sometimes they might say, oh, she got a man, but they really Mm -hmm. trying to say she getting some getting some and having been single for so long. A lot of people would inquire who I was dating. I'm like myself, (laughs) get myself (laughs) off. (laughs) That's why I'm going. I heard you sleep better. I've heard that when you have regular sex, not just an orgasm with pleasing yourself, but with a partner that helps you regulate your weight in some cases lose weight if you add diet and exercise Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah so I mean those are most of some of the I heard it boost your immunity but I've also heard that hugs and physical touch do that as well yeah Uh, yeah some of the benefits that I've heard around
1: so the benefits that I've heard and have worked for me also is the more I'm getting some the more powerful I feel and I didn't realize this until I re- I was reading the book, Think and Grow Rich. And there's like, I think it's Think and Grow Rich. There's a whole section about sex.
2: Let me go back to that book because I think I must have skipped
1: over that. Yeah, there's <laughs> a whole section about sex. And the thing that I, I feel like having these conversations, we have to normalize this for right. us and for women because Think and Grow Rich, they were just talking about the men and exactly. they weren't. And even that Kama Sutra book that I read was talking about the man. I don't know about all Kama Sutra books. So don't come for me, individuals who have PhD in Kama Sutra, but school us. We would love for you to send us information. (laughs) Go
2: ahead and send us an email, a DM. Let us get you on the show. We want to know these things. Please educate us. We would like to know, educate us. So I know that
1: just even having the conversation with other women or even taking that class and I'm and I'm jokingly, you know, joking about it but I was always somewhat free but I also knew that there was an area that I wasn't tapping into and I also know that as a woman you're responsible for your own pleasure. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Period. And period. when you take that on, everybody in your life kind of adds to that pleasure. Because I've heard people go, oh, my gosh, I'm responsible for my own pleasure. What about the person who I'm with? And this this, and that if you're taking care of your pleasure, I guarantee you will attract Mm -hmm. someone who does the same, who does the same.
2: Guaranteed.
1: Yeah. So one of the things they were saying about the extended orgasm back to what I was talking about they were talking about how you'll have more energy throughout the day how that energy that you have taken that didn't you know leave your body that same energy will be used because it's sex and love and all of those things are all of those things (laughs) sex and love (laughs) are high vibrating emotions and energetic fields so they help you attract those things that you want into your life so that's why i was asking you like how would you feel when you didn't and i will tell you
2: like, you, you know, walking on sunshine, like,
1: yes,
2: walking on sunshine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so just, you got sunshine shooting, out, shooting out your sunshine. <laughs> like, what was there was a movie Harlem Nights? And I think the girl's name was sunshine. Oh, my gosh. And she just oozed like sexual energy and all the guys wanted her and all the guys would do anything for her. Mm. That is also another conversation about using your your womanly wares to get what you want. But. It's funny that we're talking about this because I have to admit, yesterday I did have an extended orgasm for lunch. For lunch, like during lunch, lunch time. Yeah, it was about one thirty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it literally was about one thirty, and
1: well, it was now about Everybody
2: knows what you were doing yesterday. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, whoever I missed that call <laughs> at one thirty. And why Sorry. you had to call them back. <laughs> yeah, why like you they didn't know. respond to text? <laughs> yeah, The good thing is
1: that they won't know what day this airs. What <laughs> this day we, what, I mean, they'll know the day it airs. Oh my God. They won't know the day it's recorded. <laughs>
2: this is true. This is true. So why lunch? Why during lunch? What was going on in your day that you felt like you needed this during well, lunch? So yesterday I woke up
1: really early and I didn't do my morning routine. And... Hmm. I knew I needed to ground myself because I was getting on a consult with a potential new client and I had two coaching calls with existing clients. And I knew I wasn't grounded. I felt like I was all over the place. And I was thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to go do my morning routine or my routine to ground myself. We call it morning, but do it whenever. Just because you skip it in the morning doesn't mean you don't do it. So I knew I was going to do something and I was like, oh, I'll meditate. And then I was thinking, I really want to feel pleasure in my body in the sense of really enjoying the things that I'm doing, because I had started feeling a slightly overwhelmed this week about the number of meetings I was having. So I was kind of like poo pooing on it or hating on it. And I was like, no, I want to yeah. feel good about it all. So how mm-hmm. do I infuse that feel good into my life? And so I yeah. remembered I have the training for extended orgasm, but I went back and was re-listened to that process. And so it was literally about a 15 minute. It didn't take up a lot of time. Mm-mm. It was like a 15 when is minute. By yourself? Yeah.
2: Yes. The thing about it, though, is if. Because we I, know ourselves. We I mean, we know ourselves. But we would if love I was... for you to know yourselves as well. But it yes, doesn't take that long if you know yourself.
1: The thing, too, is it wouldn't have taken as long if I was going to climax. Like if I was going a climax, I'm like, give right. me two minutes. Ah. But it was really about generating that pleasurable energy, filling myself and I was exhausted as well. And so if yeah. I was going to climax, it would have taken something out of me. Back to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up having so much energy. I end up mm-hmm. glowing as I was talking to, you know, people. And that energy comes out, and people may not know what it is. Hopefully, I mean, well, you know, I guess clients gonna be like, "Dang!" Hopefully, I didn't give them a visual. They'd be like, that "What she you know. for my coaching call?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Schedule so, your coaching calls in the evening or the morning, not during lunch. Just
1: kidding. <laughs> nah, just kidding! Ha ha kidding. ha!
2: I think when we were thinking about this title, my main thing
1: was really shifting the perception of what orgasms are for women and when we're supposed to have it,
2: when we're supposed to have it. Yeah, when we're supposed to have it. And for me, I think when we were talking about, you know, the concept of this episode, it was just more that you don't necessarily need a partner Mm -hmm. to have an orgasm. Like we're not talking about intercourse with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That, like you said, going back to it, you own it. You own your pleasure. And how can you expect somebody else to hit all your buttons if you don't know where your buttons are? Preach on that. Yeah. Preach so. on that.
1: And it doesn't mean because you do know how to pleasure yourself and you do give your sort of orgasms that you're not going to have a very flourishing sex life with your partner. It's not right. at, with the absence of It's simply taking ownership of our bodies and taking that back for ourselves, taking pleasure back for ourselves. And to me, this conversation is a lot bigger than just, you know, the sensuality or sex. It's a lot bigger than that. It's really about something I talk about in my self-care workshop is pleasure anxiety. Mm -hmm. And we have to touch on this because there's a lot of women who have not had orgasm.
2: Yeah, and, I think you said it was something like, no, you said it was 49% that fake them. Yeah. So this, according to statistic the statistic, this says how many have never had one. 80 what? to 92%. That's too high. That's too high.
1: Oh my God. So let me restate that because I totally said that wrong. It wasn't 80 to 92% of women have never orgasm. Okay, I, I
2: thought that was good. just miserable. <laughs>
1: Cause that oh was so, I was sad.
2: I was about to go around handing out vibrators or something.
1: I know. It made me so <laughs> sad and it made it like, oh, this is a serious pandemic or right. epidemic. One of them demics.
2: Epidemic, one of them demics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me tell you what this stat. So this I'm reading from from it says journals, Sage Pub journals, says that there's an internet claim. Anywhere from five to fifteen percent of women never orgasm.
2: Okay, that's better.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! I had us I go down. No, hole. Hole. y'all ain't out there getting it in. Okay, <laughs> I had us go down a rabbit hole. But you know, it's still. I want to bring them over. We want to bring our fifty. Where who the fifteen percenters? We want you, you to at? come on. <laughs> where you at? Come on over. Come on over to the journey side with us. You know and. That puts things in perspective, though, because I was thinking that's a real serious problem. So just so you know, clear that everyone, it says five to 15 percent. Do your own research. This is me on Google. It ain't me being an expert. It's me on Google. But yeah, so so we want that number in our whole nation, holistic nation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we want that number to be. A hundred percent. We want that statistic to be flipped on its head. We were thinking mm-hmm. it was 80 to 92 who haven't. We want to be a 80 to ninety two, a 100 who have. Yeah. So we hope that just even listening to this conversation or hearing this dialogue will help you do just that.
2: The first time I had one, it was definitely with a partner. Maybe I, I'll preface this by saying I got married really young and I was a virgin hmm. and the things that we did were pleasurable. I can't necessarily say that I ever reached a climax and it wasn't until I was kind of like, you know what, let me move on from that. I'm healed from my divorce and things like that. And I was kind of in a, a place that I just wanted to explore. And I found somebody that was willing to take that as a sacred challenge. There was respect. Mm-hmm. There was conversations. There were safe words. There were lists. There were instructions and I was really blessed to have this kind of a experience because it was really me trying to get to know myself, but I needed someone else to participate. Because oh, at the time, weird. having a very religious upbringing, pleasuring yourself was shunned. Taboo. So that wasn't even on my mind. Mm-hmm. It was like, OK, I'm not married no more. So I guess I can't do this stuff anymore. And then I was like, you know, what? forget it. I'm just going gonna, gonna to do it. And then I found somebody who was like, yeah, I'll help you explore. And for me, it was the very first time I knew what that was. It was Mm. like, whoa, it was like, is my soul going to jump out of my body right now? What is that? And then just how violent my body was just like, just doing Mm -hmm. things on its own. And it was like, okay, that." That is what is supposed to happen. And that had never happened before. (laughs) Mm. It was very easy to identify that that is. But that was just like the first time that I experienced one. Then after that, oh, it's been like, there's levels to this. Yeah. I wouldn't have known if I wasn't very, like if I didn't find partners that I felt safe to communicate with. Mm -hmm. And let them know like this is sacred to me. Those are not things that I talk about when I'm yeah. dating. It really turns me off if a man is like, I'm going to put it on you and yeah. things like it's
1: that. Like, no, let's not have that no. discussion right
2: away. Thank you. I don't know. Let me search your soul first. Yeah. See if i allow you into these gates. <laughs> exactly.
1: Because it is, I mean, I feel like this is going to have to be an additional episode because it is really a soul connection and people want to ignore that. People are either hearing that as a soul connection and running from even knowing that God gave us the sexual gift or thinking that it's like horrible and taboo to Mm while and out. And I would love to split that difference because we can't ignore the religious upbringing that we've had. And, you know, you've had the listener also trauma. There's a lot of trauma that's happened. So there's trigger. So even saying orgasm, there's trigger around this. And so we can't ignore that. And I feel like one of the things that we want to do is really honor you and your spirit and your soul, but also let you know that it's okay, and that it's Mm -hmm. something that is pleasurable that you you deserve to have and to be able to remove it from the associations. You know, that's in my mind. I want to be able to remove it from those associations because in complete honesty, if I go back and this is me telling it like it is on the, you know, talk about, uh, I'm saying anything to incriminate myself, but I was really mm-hmm. young when I think about it because we had the game in the neighborhood, hide and go get it. Oh yeah. I know that game, but I wasn't. Yes. nobody to
2: Play with me. You, so what was <laughs> you yeah. doing? That? Well,
1: well, you know, there was <laughs> a bumping and grinding happening. It was like, I, it was something that you were either pressured into or you thought it. And I don't think I ever sought after it, but I remember that whole bump and grind thing. When I asked you the question, I got like memory that flew up in my head. I was like, damn, I ain't thought about that in a minute. It, it mm-hmm. took me back to that moment. So I was younger. When I think about those feelings that I had in my nether regions, I had those feelings young. I had those feelings. I want to say before junior high school.
2: And that's that's kind of,
1: that's traumatizing when you think about it because we were told it was not good. So I knew in that moment we're doing something wrong and I'm having these Mm -hmm. feelings. And and that association is there. Anytime you have that feeling
2: after it's like, This is wrong.
1: Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's Mm -hmm. wrong. And I think a lot of women are associating religion, past experiences with what's wrong. And Mm -hmm. I don't want you to do that. So that's why we're having this conversation. We're not having this conversation to be crude and girls online talking about sex. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. It's really about us reclaiming what is ours. Mm -hmm. Our podcast is my holistic life. It's about all of who you are, happiness over everything. And with happiness comes pleasure. With happiness comes pleasure. And I'm actually reading a book. Mm -hmm. I'll have to find the name of the book. I'm the dang book I'm reading, Lord. I can't remember the name of the book, but I'm reading a book. This woman is a sex therapist. And she said in one day she watched her brother was changing the daughter's diaper and she like put her hand down there and he like swatted away. And that's instantly we start to to learn that growing up swatted away versus just oh. moving it versus just moving it and mm-hmm. then or how what's the conversation we have when a young girl is she the example she gave is on the back of her you know stuffed pony and filling that type of pleasure telling mm-hmm. like telling the kid that's your clitoris like when they say what's that like a little mm. kid filling that and it's not a sexual thing it's not a pedophile thing it's You're feeling something. Yeah. And what kind of conversation can we have? Yes, it's anatomy. And -hmm. we're not taught that. We're taught from babies, hit your hand away from your private parts. Right. But little boys aren't. Mm -hmm. And so we want to have that deeper conversation I mean, I think it's just something to talk about and think about. How is society teaching our young girls? And I'm not saying we have to teach our five-year-olds about sex education, mm-hmm. but what you said, it's anatomy. It's anatomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's anatomy. So that was my first experience of feeling something like that. I didn't, couldn't even articulate it and say I fully had orgasmic feeling then, but I remember that feeling of having that. But my very first one was I was 16 (laughs) and
2: the age is there.
1: And then now here comes the story. (laughs) Yeah, I was 16 and I still didn't know what it fully was. I just knew that Mm -hmm. it felt wild. It felt uncontrolled. It felt great at the same time. And it also felt dirty because I was 16. It felt dirty for you. It did. I was 16 and, you know, I wasn't supposed to be in the city that I was, I drove an hour away and was spending the weekend with the guy I was with. And, and it was, so everything was associated with that. And so for me, I have to say, I was blessed not to have the hardcore growing up and not experiencing it. Cause I did right. based on that, but I also had to do some unpacking for myself.
2: Right. And you know what, the thought that just came. To my mind is even though I did have some kind of trauma around it, I didn't have as much like some of the things that you're describing. And I think for me, it was because I was more 16, 17. It was like, that's off limits, buddy. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like, but then I also got married at 19. And I think it was one of the reasons that I kind of got pushed into being married because I would not explore if I was not married. So and then that's where my trauma started to come. It wasn't necessarily from the act. It was more from I got kind of pushed into it because it was like, you have to be married to do this. Mm -hmm. And then this person is like, well, let's get married then because I want to do this with you. (laughs) And it's almost like getting married for the wrong reason Mm -hmm. or the pressure. So that's kind of where my trauma comes from. So then. Even for me to get to this next partner that allowed me to explore, I had to really deal with and face, oh, I'm not married. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, am I a hoe? Mm Mm-hmm. I am now. I'm a happy hoe. But um,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy hoe. Holistic hoe. what that really means. Like, (laughs) yeah, holistic (laughs) hoe,
2: you know, because. (laughs) It was a lot of shame. It was like, am I doing something to dishonor myself? Yeah. My creator. My upbringing, my grandparents who told me don't. And I really had to face a lot of that and, you know, really look at it from more of a I was experimenting. Yeah. And that's why, that's why for me it was like explaining to the person, like, this is sacred. I'm only doing this with you. What you do with other people is none of my business. These are the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's why, because I was still trying to put something that was close to like a marriage, yeah, but not being married, but still have some kind of agreement. Because mm-hmm. that's where my trauma lied is that you had to be married oh. to experience these things.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where, in the same thing, that's where I felt like, oh, this is dirty because I still had that upbringing. I mean, I went to a private, you know, school up until junior high. I was into the church. You're celibate. Mm-hmm. You're saving yourself, and so I right. married that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't yeah. like I was sixteen, all over the place. Which, no, we're not going to slut shame anybody who did. But, you know, I married that guy and I did because I was told that you mm-hmm. have to be married in order to have this experience. And I have different views on that. I believe in wholeness. I believe mm-hmm. in you educating and knowing what you you're getting into. But mm-hmm. I knew as we were talking, I was like, we can't not touch on the seriousness of what that is, because it's not simply we have orgasms for lunch just because like woohoo, it's really a reclaiming, a reshaping, a healing. It is a Mm -hmm. healing journey that I encourage you to step into Mm -hmm. a healing journey that I encourage you to explore.
2: Right. Explore because I think explore is a, a good word for that. Yeah. Explore it. And it's like when you think about going on a trip to someplace you've never been, Depending on your personality, you might have a list. I want to eat at this place. Mm -hmm. I want to see this. I want to take a picture by that. And I think when we use the word like explore, you think of it like that as well. It's like, I'm going to go on this journey. These are the things I want to experience. But then I'm open to so many other things. Like if I happen to get lost and see something that I didn't even know was here. Yeah, it's exploring. It's exploring yourself. It's exploring how you feel, what got you to that point if it didn't happen why not yeah definitely so we know that
1: orgasms are a privilege we know and i say privilege in the sense of just like the air in our lungs is a privilege one it's a Mm -hmm. given one i expect it to be there Mm -hmm. and one i really enjoy those deep long breaths (laughs) 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 so it's a privilege and it's something that we want you to reclaim for yourself and uncover any anything that you have that needs to be uncovered I mean part of living a holistic life is being real and honest and unpacking Mm -hmm. that baggage so let's unpack the baggage and call it like it is whatever it happened to us it's time for us to own it and, and unpack it and get the help that you need. We'll have resources listed, as we always mention in our show notes. But we encourage you to try <laughs> and we challenge you to have an orgasm for lunch on a regular basis. <laughs> Schedule them with yourself. <laughs> put them in the calendar. You might just have to put, oh, if you have assistants looking at your calendar. <laughs> Ah, And you mind that depending on if you have a corporate world assistance looking at your calendar. My assistants, I'll be like, y'all just, it is what it is, y'all. It is what it is. (laughs) Sign that NDA. (laughs) Yeah, and they all do. (laughs) Everyone has signed an NDA. Okay, so this week's holisticism is an orgasm for lunch is a complete meal. (laughs)
2: I freaking love that. (laughs) Definitely is. Truth told. And our question, this is for you to interact with us, email it to us, DM us, check us out on social media, come to our community and let us know which meal do you prefer to enjoy your orgasms? Breakfast, like me. Lunch, like Natasha. Like me. (laughs) Or dinner like me.
1: <laughs> yeah, dinner like me. I'm a lunch dinner. Oh, you a breakfast? You a breakfast I'm a breakfast. breakfast. I'm a
2: breakfast dinner. I might become I'm a breakfast lunch dinner. I think I might be a breakfast lunch dinner. Let us know. where are know. you eating? <laughs>
1: Yes. And we love, love, love that you are part of our family. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast, share this with your friends and give us a glowing review. <laughs> we hope to see you here again on next week's show. Love you. Go out and have a hotastic week. <laughs> Bye.
2: <laughs> Bye.
1: Hey, Boo Hey, Natasha McCrae here. I want to personally invite you to join the Ho Nation where the conversation continues. Go to myholisticlife.com where you can take the How Ho Fabulous Are You quiz, share your thoughts, and ask questions and join in on the fun with our polls and challenges. Be a part of a community ready to enjoy a life of happiness, satisfaction, and serenity. Join us at myholisticlife.com.